Welcome back to our ongoing adventure with The Last of Us Part 2 that we are calling The Journey Series. Now on the fifth and final leg of our journey, our time with Ellie and Abby will come to an end. A word of caution, spoilers are ahead, so please proceed with risk. And without further delay, sit back, relax, and enjoy. The final leg of our journey is the culmination of everything that Naughty Dog has been creating for the past 25 to 30 hours. It is the point of the game where these two speeding trains finally cross tracks and we get to see how things unfold in real time as opposed to flashbacks. The last act of the game also provided enough variety in gameplay and environment to keep the 30 hour journey feeling fresh even though it hit a slight of a rut in the middle of the game. The sniper sequence with Manny at your side, for example, adds a level of tension as we are trying to survive from the bullet of a lethal marksman which unfolds in a way that should have been obvious. Now throughout the game, we haven't seen the Seraphites using long range weaponly as they are mostly sticking to their religious creed and their old world mentality. However, since this is a new mechanic in the game, we are put on the tip of our toes and we aren't allowed the time to try and piece the puzzle together. Instead, the main focus on this section is just to survive. Building up a character like Manny pays off during the climax of the sequence as we realize the marksman's true identity. Survival of this encounter allows Abby and Yara to find a boat and head back to the Seraphites Island in search for Lev during the invasion from the WLF. Now, as the island is engulfed in flames, Abby and Yara try to weave their way through the war that is waging between the WLF and the Seraphites in hopes of rescuing Lev. Although our time on the island feels fairly brief, there are plenty of things that happen that will leave lasting impacts on these characters. Now, as we reach Lev, we can see that trying to save his mom didn't work out as expected as self-defense kicked in and his mother is now dead. Abby, Yara, and Lev now have the sole purpose of escaping the island, but as luck would have it, we run into Isaac, who we haven't seen much of and I am expecting more from. However, Isaac does become the catalyst that truly shows us that Abby is changing and has realized taking life isn't the answer anymore. She is now willing to lay down her own life in hopes of protecting Lev. What we know of Isaac is that he is cold and ruthless as he counts down until the time that he plans on pulling the trigger, giving Abby a chance to step aside. Instead, it is Yara that makes the ultimate sacrifice in these three seconds and lays down her life in hopes that Abby and her brother may live. In all of the commotion, Abby and Lev are able to escape from the island, but I have a feeling that this may not be the last time that we see Isaac. Even though he was shot multiple times, he has that villain role that you would expect him to appear later on. Now, on a visual level, the whole island sequence with the thunderstorm and the villages being engulfed in flames looked extremely visually impressive. As we make it to the aquarium to find Alice, Mel, and Owen dead, we see an opportunity for Abby to slip deeper into the ocean of hate. And sneaking into the theater, we are now mere minutes away from this climax that has been building up this whole game. As we work our way down from the top of the theater, we find the radio room that has been intercepting the WLF communications that Dina has been monitoring. This could easily have been missed, but just hanging out beside the radio allows you to hear that the invasion on the island didn't go well for the WLF, and it sounds like there will be no survivors and even more importantly, it sounds like Isaac is officially dead, although I am still skeptical. Abby and Ellie now stand a few feet apart from each other, Jesse is dead on the floor, and now Tommy as well as the stakes keep escalating 
as the tension reaches a boiling point. However, all of this built-up tension and all of the story that the game has been developing over the past 20 hours or so feels slightly robbed from you as the game forces the player back in control during a battle with Ellie around the prop room of the theater. And this battle rips the player out of the immersion as I died multiple times trying to figure out the pattern of Ellie's attacks and her weak points. In another triumphant moment in the character of Abby, we see her show so much growth to spare the lives of Dina and Ellie yet again. With a knife to the throat of Dina, Abby is informed of her pregnancy and with Lev being a beacon of hope, offers the opinion to let it go. Abby could have easily killed both Ellie and Dina, which more than likely would have cut all the loose ends. This is now the second time that Abby has spared Ellie's life, with the first time being at the chalet. Abby shows restraint even though Ellie is responsible directly or indirectly for the death of many of her loved ones including Nora, Mel, Owen, Manny, and even Alice and I think Abby understands that more death isn't the answer and it won't give her the peace that she is looking for because even after the death of Joel, we see Abby still suffering from visions of St. Mary's and we still have seen her suffer in real life with the losses of loved ones. I think the only way to truly change things is to break the cycle. After having their lives spared, it seems that Ellie, Dina, and her newborn son JJ are living a happy life, which can most likely be assumed is somewhere near Jackson, and we can also assume that the name JJ is paying respects to Joel and Jesse. They aren't living in the settlement that we saw at the start of the game, instead they are living on a farm at the foothills of some mountains with some gorgeous views. They're growing crops, raising livestock, and making a life of their own. For a minute, I am unsure if this is a dream or if Ellie and Dina actually died back at the theater in Seattle because in this brief view into their new lives, things seem too good to be true. However, it isn't long before we realize that happiness might just be a facade. Our first glimpse that things are far from okay is when Ellie is bringing in the sheep and the slam of a gate triggers her PTSD of Joel's murder. She has a blackout episode in the barn and sadly JJ is wrapped up with her but Dina comes to her aid and tries to snap her out of it. Time heals all wounds but it's clear that Ellie is having trouble putting this behind her. Not long after, we get a surprise visit from Tommy, and miraculously, we see that Tommy didn't die in the theater like we assumed, although he seems to be very handicapped now. The gunshot to his head has left him without vision in one eye, and the arrow has affected Tommy's walk. If things weren't bad enough, it seems like he's now split up from his wife for unknown reasons, but it's likely the same reasons that Ellie and Abby caused so much pain to the ones that they love. The hate and the thirst for revenge blocks out the ones you love, causing life to pass you by. We see this thirst based on Tommy's information that he's been searching for since Seattle. Tommy has been able to track down Abby and Lev to California where they went to follow the Firefly Trail. Thinking Ellie would be interested in this revenge, he passes this information on to her, but Dina tells Tommy that they are happy and they are no longer focused on getting revenge, and Ellie agrees with Dina, but she is clearly okay with this decision. We see Dina try and shield Ellie from this type of thing happening again as she yells at Tommy on the porch. My heart sank when I saw Ellie packing her bag. I don't want to go to California unless she's going to track down the fireflies as well, but more than likely, this isn't what she plans on doing. Dina understands that the only reason that they are alive and moving on with their life is because Abby gave them that chance again and chose to let them go. 
We are now in California as Abby, and although the change of scenery is well needed, I feel as though I am at the end of my rope. It's not that the game isn't excellent in almost every facet, because it is. It may have dragged on in certain areas, but there is only so much negativity that can be tolerated. I feel as though Naughty Dog has accomplished what it wanted by putting me in the shoes of the people who live in this world. The constant hate and negativity takes a toll on the psyche, and the choices are to give in to the hate or rise above it. As Abby, we have now tracked down our final clue to the street and we are now steps away and I notice a graffiti on the back of a delivery truck in the street which doesn't look familiar and the second that Lev tells me to look out I am assuming that I am now being attacked by a new faction but surprisingly it is only clickers. Initially 2625 Constance seems to be empty and the trail seems to have gone cold until Lev notices a bookcase and scratches on the floor revealing a hidden bunker. Now it's nothing special, but it has the essentials for survival, including a few showers, a stove, beds, games, and a radio for communications. As we are in the state of California and it is sunny almost every day, everything is powered by solar as I notice the solar panels on the roof when initially looking for clues. What we've discovered certainly seems like an old firefly bunker, but it appears that we are too late. But conveniently, we discover a notebook with frequencies with locations like San Diego and Catalina Island. As Abby tries frequency after frequency without any success, we can see defeat settling in. One of the things about a Naughty Dog game is that all of the big cutscenes are crafted and directed with purpose. And this is how all of the motion capture that they do pay dividends. There were many great scenes throughout the game, but it was the cinematography on this scene that really struck me. We are about five to six feet behind Abby now, and she continues to try and find any frequency, any port in a storm. But the body language on Abby as she is finding nothing but dead air depicts exactly how she is feeling without any dialogue. Her shoulders drop down and she starts to have a hunch as though she is losing hope. And as someone who has grown to like Abby and her growth, I feel myself defeated as well with the dead end and wanted there to be more. I wanted there to be a reason for why so many of her loved ones died. I wanted her to find a happy ending. When all hope seems lost, we get proof of life from Catalina Island as we have a man on the other end of the radio who claims to be a firefly and is asking all of the right questions to make sure Abby is a firefly as well. However, in this world, I am just as skeptical that this is a trap, but faith is needed at some points in life, not in a religious sense, but more in the belief of something. The belief that fireflies still exist, did retreat to Catalina Island, and are now rebuilding. Belief that not all is lost. As soon as Abby and Lev exit the house, they are ambushed by this new faction, which we will find later out are called the Rattlers. In the first few seconds, you realize that this group wants nothing to do with the survival of humanity. This is depicted on the rough treatment that Abby gets, but even more magnified by how Lev gets knocked unconscious. There is a sad realization that groups like the Rattlers would exist if a scenario like The Last of Us 2 unfolded. We are transported back to Ellie as she has tracked down Abby's boat months later. As Ellie is on the beach where the sailboat was left, it can't be understated how beautiful the change of scenery is for the game. The series has been so dark with areas like Boston, Jackson, and Seattle, but the way the palm trees have become overgrown, the way the tide comes in, the way the sand looks soggy underneath and dries out as the tide retreats, the lighter tone in the environment can hopefully be foreshadowing for the ending of this story. Ellie finds enough clues to get moving in a direction to find Abby, just a little too conveniently, but it is fiction after all, but before you know it, she is caught in a rattler trap as well. Ellie's momentum swings her into a branch that pierces her side that made me gasp. 
It's the little details of this scene that emphasize the care that goes into this game and how everything is thought about. As Ellie's hanging upside down, we see her face slowly turn red as the blood starts to rush to it, and we see the veins in her face start to become pronounced as they are now engorged with blood due to gravity. And it's all of these little details that make the game have such a feeling of realism and make the player experience these emotions as Naughty Dog intended. Ellie manages to get out of this death sentence as the Rattlers lose focus for a minute that allows Ellie to kill her captors and infiltrate the Rattler camp soon after. Ellie kills everyone in her path, frees prisoners, and eventually finds Abby who has clearly been malnourished and has been tortured for months now. As soon as she has been cut down, she goes immediately to Lev as she has now overtaken the Guardian role. She tells Ellie where the boats can be found, grabs Lev in her arms, and somehow finds the strength to walk. I found this scene of Abby walking to the boat with Lev in her arms, reminiscent of Joel carrying Sarah up the hill as they tried to evacuate Texas at the beginning of The Last of Us. It doesn't end this easily though as Ellie still wants blood for blood and we are now in control of Ellie after she threatens to kill Lev if Abby doesn't fight. I try every option before pushing the buttons but the game is demanding me to play. I don't want to kill Abby and I contemplate turning the game off but I want to see the game through as I have made it this far and I've grown attached to Abby over the course of this game and after understanding her reasoning for everything that she has done I can't falter for any of it, unpopular decision or not. After wearing down an already weak Abby, Ellie begins to hold her head underwater. Every second underwater feels like hours as I am begging Ellie to have a change of heart. This is not what Joel would have wanted. In retrospect, maybe Joel's trusting of the WLF at the start is what was needed to change the world. If everyone holds on to hate and doesn't trust others, then humanity will kill itself, as we have seen with the WLF, the Seraphites, the Rattlers, and the Hunters. Seconds away from being drowned in a foot of salty ocean water, something happens inside Ellie as she gives Abby life, and maybe finally releases all of the hate that she has been harboring. Ellie said that she wanted her life to mean something and Joel took that away from her but I think letting Abby live could be the meaning that was needed. If there is still a chance that the Fireflies are on Catalina Island then there is still a chance that they can change the world. If in fact they are 200 strong then maybe they can grow from there. If Abby didn't let Ellie and Dina live at the theater in Seattle then she would have been killed at the Rattler camp. If there is a part 3 or something akin to Left Behind, I think it would be a continuation on Abby and Lev's story with the Fireflies. Once you finish the game, you finally see a boat basking in the sun on the beach of what looks like the back of Catalina Island. There is no accident that both the boat and the building are now drenched in sun. Ellie returns to the ranch to find it abandoned, which at first I am wondering if Ellie is dead or in purgatory, but then we see a pillow and sheets folded, clearly left behind for her, along with all of her other belongings, but no note. Dina has moved on. One of the items left behind is her guitar, which is clearly her connection to Joel, as not only did he give her the guitar, but he also taught her how to play it, which I think is a parallel reference about what he taught her in life. After Abby left in the boat, it almost seemed like there was a burst of energy that left Ellie as she sat in the water, which is likely all the negative energy that she has been holding on to for so long. Ellie leaves the guitar basking in the window back at the ranch with the fresh air as she is ready to move on with her life, wherever that may be. We see Ellie heading off with only her pack as this leaves a lot to be answered. Is Ellie heading back to Jackson to try and live a happy life with Dina or is she heading out into the wilderness to find closure on her own? The acting and writing during the cutscenes of this game rivals some if not better some of the best stuff on TV and movies right now. 
It is truly a moment where I thought to myself, games are now to be taken more seriously. A new bar has been set for storytelling within a game. There have been some serious games before, but I can't really think of any that made me forget I was actually playing a game and kept me thoroughly engaged throughout all of the cutscenes. The way that Naughty Dog handled topical issues in this game from religion, LGBTQ, mental illness, and much more with a delicate touch was impressive. I wouldn't call The Last of Us too fun, but it was a great story, although it did overstay its welcome at times, but it did add a different perspective on the world that Naughty Dog created in 2013. I don't think there was any sections that could have been removed as they all played an integral role in how the story was revealed to the audience. However, all of the chapters could have been trimmed a little and rather than being a 30 hour game, it could have been a much tighter 20 hour experience. Naughty Dog have left The Last of Us in a great place. I would be interested to see what could be done with another entry showing what Ellie and Abby have chosen to do with their second chances at life and their newfound positivity. The Last of Us 2 also left enough questions unanswered and I think leaving many things up to interpretation was a great idea. If this was the last game in the series then I think Naughty Dog should be extremely proud of what they accomplished in just two games. The Last of Us 2 was an experience that is worthy of your time and entry price, but I think it also fails to reach the high bar that was set by the original in 2013. This is the end of our final leg and wraps up our journey series with The Last of Us 2. I hope you enjoyed the ride, but before parting ways, I want to thank you for being part of this journey with me. 